0: This is The Fear of Science.
1: Hello again, everyone, and welcome to The Fear of Science, the podcast that dives into the wide world of science and science adjacent topics to demystify, debunk, and delight. Each episode features a new fear, along with special guest surprises and discoveries along the way my name is daniel chai and i'm jeff porter and today we are uh, uh excited to talk about a subject that is very personal to both of us and that is fear of bullies now uh uh this is something that i think you know not just us but many of us listening i uh, can definitely relate to and it's definitely a, a important subject and because of that we are joined by two very special guests to help us explore this subject and uh, uh, see uh, if we can discover the causes what people can do etc now joining us in the fear of science virtual studio today for fear of bullies we have two wonderful guests our first guest is a keynote speaker actor director filmmaker performance coach writer teacher improv artist comic chameleon, graduate of Studio 58, and a teacher at Vancouver Film School and Langara Community College. (gasps) He is also the host of the fantastic podcast Alive and Engaged, and also has won awards as well for his work. Let's say hello to David C. Jones. Hey. Hey.
0: It's like, we're trying to figure out what I can do well. That's why I do so (laughs) many different things. We've yet to determine that.
1: (laughs) The jack of all trades. Absolutely. Also joining us in the virtual studio today, our second guest was born and raised in rural Nova Scotia. When he started school, he became the constant target of bullying. Our guest persevered through it all and in 2017, co-created the fastest growing bullying prevention movement in the world, known as Pink Shirt Day. He has been awarded the Meritorious Service Medal of Canada for his work in bullying, prevention, and mental health advocacy. and We're very excited to have him join us for this episode. Let's say hello to Travis Price. Awesome. Thanks, yeah. guys. Hey. Uh, thank you both for, uh, for joining me and Jeff here. Now, uh, one thing that I like to do when we start off our episodes is to do a check-in with, uh, with either myself or Jeff To see uh, uh, the inspiration for why we wanted to talk about this subject on the Fear of Science. Now, Jeff, uh, why uh, why was bully something that you wanted to uh, explore on this podcast? Uh, Yeah,
2: I think this is uh, this is still one of the original ideas we had from like day one over two years ago um, of of ideas of shows we wanted to do. Um, and I think it's just like one of the reasons that Danny and I have become good friends as well is that we've we've gone through bullying and we've talked about it. And it's something that is important to talk about, and I think it's important to do an episode on it.
1: Absolutely. Now, uh, for for our listeners, you know, uh, Jeff and I, we are definitely able to, you know, uh, is, I think for some people, admitting that we were bullied is mm-hmm. hard. can definitely be hard um you know, so checking in with both David and Travis um for Travis you know, as mentioned in your bio uh, it was bullying is something that you have experienced in your life. Uh, David, have have you experienced this yourself? Oh yeah, no I uh,
0: certainly uh, I feel like oh I didn't know we we're supposed to put that in our bios <laughs> um, uh, no, nope, I've been bully free uh, no. <laughs> Uh, Growing up as a young gay kid in the uh, 80s, uh, uh, I was bullied in all sorts of different directions. But I I found that also carried into my work life um, uh, as a performer. Um, I've also had my otherness, in this case, my homosexuality. Oh, it's so weird to say it like that, uh, be used as a, a, a sticking point, whether it's been teasing or, uh, or downright, uh, threatening. So, uh, I'm used to being yelled at from cars. Uh, I've only been sort of physically assaulted a couple of times, uh, but nothing where no blood was raised, <laughs> <or> mm. raised, <laughs> 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 was gathered, was collected. <laughs> um, so I've been fortunate that way. Um, yeah.
1: Thank you for sharing. Uh, mm-hmm. we really appreciate that. Um, so, you, you know, but before, you know, uh, David, uh, thank you for sharing, you know, your experiences. Uh, you know, I, I, think it's, it's definitely something to, uh, you know, to, to check in and, and see, you know, why, you know, why are people, why and how are people afraid of, Bullies—is it something that we learn as kids, and thusly we bring into our adult life for our listeners, or, or are even children, uh, you know, uh, you know, somehow uh, taught to be afraid of people who may pick on them? Uh, I'm blowing my own mind with all these questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, like.
0: I think you have reason to be afraid of a bully because they might punch you. <laughs> like, I don't think it's an irrational fear,
1: <laughs> right?
0: I don't know. Travis, I don't know what you think.
3: Yeah, you know, I think that um, it's kind of our first experience of like a negative behavior, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you're an adult, you get these negative behaviors coming from everywhere—sarcasm or condescending, whatever you you know want to want to want to see. Uh, But with bullying and young people, it's that first negative experience. You're like, wait a second, you know, they just called me a name and I really didn't like that. Like that Mm -hmm. really affected me. And you don't you don't have the capacity to fully understand it, but you know that it made you feel miserable in that moment. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden it's becoming a fear of that moment. You fear having that feeling continuously. and, And unfortunately, with bullying being so repetitious, that's where you end up. Uh, really dreading going to school and facing these kids every day. Uh, based on that, worried about reliving that reality over and over and over again. I think that's kind of where that fear fear really comes from. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And for for me, I I grew up in in rural Manitoba and I was bullied really really bad. Um, and I remember like learning that that people could be that negative and that cruel to you. But then I remember when it got to its worst, when I was in, I think it was grade seven, um, I had a, a bully trip me and break my arm and then laugh at me because of it. Um, that's when I realized that people can give that little of a crap about another person. And I remember thinking of that when I was 13 years old and that really kind of messing with me and and, and really, yeah, it hurt a lot.
1: Thank you, Jeff. Uh you know, uh, to share my own experience, uh, growing up as, as a, a person of color, uh, a Chinese boy, you know, there were, there weren't very many, uh, Chinese people in my neighborhood and, uh, definitely, you know, racial slurs. Uh, we, we were also, we were also poor. So, uh, that's another thing. It's, it's fascinating how, you know, uh how these things can be used to hurt you even though it's like mm-hmm. these things are already hurting me uh, uh <laughs> i am eating a lot of spam uh though little little note uh i eat a lot of spam as an adult so <laughs> old habits
0: well in yeah. high school it's uh, everything right because it's even just what you're wearing if you're wearing it because we're so inundated with Brands and what's supposed to be worn and what's not supposed to be worn, and so that's the first time you, again in junior high, when you come in wearing a shirt, and suddenly even your shirt is wrong, right? And you're like, "What? Yeah. It's just a shirt, right?" And
3: well, I don't know. Um, yeah. the very creation
1: of Pink Shirt Day right there. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that's a wonderful segue, uh, Travis. For for the Fear of Science listeners who may not know, um, you know, Pink Shirt Day is definitely a, a powerful movement and. You know, it's been very, uh, you know, even for myself on the other side of, of Canada, you know, have uh, been very grateful to, to see it, you know, be talked about and used in schools. But yeah, I was wondering if you could please share with us a little bit about the, the formation, the inspiration and, and what Pink Shirt Day tries to accomplish.
3: Yeah, so Pink Shirt Day was started in 2007. It's actually been 13 years this week, um, which um, is kind of crazy, but it also makes me feel extremely old. Um, (laughs) We started when you were two. That's right, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I appreciate that. It's it's something that, uh, you know, it it began uh, as a movement just to help one kid. So one grade nine student, Brandon, to our school, was bullied for simply wearing a pink shirt. And uh, myself and a friend, we saw this happening and we thought, you know, what if we challenged the status quo? Like we both went through it. What if we don't let this kid go through it? Our teachers kept telling us that we were grade 12 and we had power and we could make a difference, but we never had power before. And we didn't know really what that meant or what that looked like. We just knew that we didn't really want this kid to go through the same things that that we did. And we thought maybe we could help him. Not necessarily mm-hmm. stop the bullying, but perhaps we could... Just give him an opportunity to see that there's people like him and and give him a safe place or a safe environment. And so um, we tried to rally as many people as we could. We went out that night. We bought everything that we could find that was pink, like wristbands, headbands, pro wrap, duct tape, whatever we could find. But the only thing we found for shirts that day was 75 pink women's tank tops. Uh, They were were pretty tight. They were pretty tight. Uh, But we made them work and we went to school the next day with this big bag of women's tank tops and just putting a message out on facebook where pink support this student. it's not about us it's about him and uh, we had no idea what was going to happen and we show up the next day and um you know buses start rolling in and we start giving shirts out and by the time the last bus got there we had about 850 people wearing some kind of pink it was wow. and we created what uh, here on the east coast they call the sea of pink and we were able to literally watch it just wave across the country Um, coast to coast to coast and then internationally as well Um, to the point now where we're spread out really solid in 15 countries around the world and millions of people do this uh, do this every year and it was really just on the ideal of we didn't just want a kid to get bullied for something like something as simple as wearing a a pink shirt and um, to David's comments there you know bullies will kind of go after everything you know they'll go after what you wear and that that was the um, is it something that the kid would have, you know, needed years of therapy to get over? Pro- probably not. Um, because you can change that shirt, but yeah, bullying becomes that real issue when it's things you can't change about yourself. When it's who you are, that's when bullying becomes really difficult. And that's more the bullying that I had faced. And, um, for me, I just looked at this movement as a way to stand up for myself, a way to stand up for this kid. And now luckily enough to kind of be the voice for those kids around the world that feel they have lost theirs through this movement. And that's kind of the mm-hmm. idea of Pink Day, just to, to be that voice for people, um, to stand up for one another and, and to be someone's hero is, is our, uh, is kind of our tagline.
2: Yeah. And it's hard too, cause like that, that kid might've become a, a target, mm-hmm. um, for the rest of his, his school years because of, you know, that, that wearing a pink t-shirt for one day. And that's, it, um, right? for me, it was, uh, I was never into sports. I've never been into sports have no interest at all. Mm -hmm. And growing up in a small town, if you are different than everyone else, um, that is not cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was a a lot of it. But it's incredible to have an entire community or entire school uh, kind of create uh, a cone of protection around a person and come together.
3: I think it just really spoke to how far bullying reached, right? That there was so many of us that were affected by this, but this was that first opportunity where we felt comfortable enough to stand up for ourselves and and one another. And I think that that's of everything that Pink Day's done. I think that's the thing I'm most proud of is that it started this conversation. And, and don't Uh get me wrong. There was, there was many people before, before me that, you know, started this. It's just, I think everything's timing. And for, for us, we got very lucky with timing that people were ready to have this discussion. And I think with every social issue we've ever faced as as humans, I think it's all been about timing. You know, I think we look at Viola Desmond, who, you know, nine years stood up and, and made a racial stand, you know, nine years before Rosa Parks. It's just, it's all about that timing. It's all about that, that, that perfect moment um, to create something special. And I think that we just, uh, we got very lucky in, in doing so. Right, thank you.
1: Now, you know, uh, uh, we're, we're talking about um, bullies. Uh, what, you know, how, I think this may be a very broad question, but how do bullies get created? Um, how, how do people become bullies? And,
2: uh, bully factories. It's yeah. Large amount of bully factories.
0: <laughs> there's there's this great routine that uh, Louis C.K. did, and I know we're not supposed to like him anymore, but it's still a great routine, where he talks about it's part of our human nature as I mean, we need to group dynamics. I used to do a lot of group dynamics, and you talked about the norming storming performing uh, modules. And storming is a way of of testing boundaries. So it's natural for kids to want to test boundaries. And the biggest thing that Lucy Kay talked about was now we're doing it online. When we're kids and we said something to someone's face and we said, you're ugly, we could see that kid wilt. And for some that was there like, oh, I don't like that feeling, I don't, I don't, I don't. Some people go, yeah, but some people go, oh, I don't like it. But when it's online and someone's posting on someone's Facebook, you're ugly. They don't get to see the empathy they don't get to see the response
2: right. uh,
0: to what's being said and so that's why everything's getting so much more cruel on social media i like as a hypersensitive person i'm so glad i was not going through my formative years
1: oh me too oh, all yeah. right
0: same ah, so I, yeah I think it's human nature to test boundaries
1: right right so, so, in a way, um, in, in this theory, uh, you know, bullying arises from, from our natural need and want to test boundaries?
0: That, that's sort of what I'm, like. I mean, in group dynamics, the storming stage is a natural part of a group. And it's, it's where individual personalities are asserting themselves. And also people tend to poke each other to kind of go... If I poke him three times in the shoulder, he goes rawr, and so I go note: don't poke him three times in the shoulder; two times max. So that's what I, that's that's my current belief system. Is that it is kind <laughs> of part of our way of knowing. I mean, you see with monkeys and cats and stuff where they they suddenly like will attack each other, right? And yeah. so I think it's testing boundaries, and some people. I don't know. Travis, you have much more experience in this than I do, so I don't know.
3: Uh, you know, I, I think there's some, I think there's definitely some truth to that, for sure. Um, for me, you know, I, I think the first thing, yeah, you, you know, kudos. I think uh, <laughs> I think for me, the, the first thing I, I do is, uh, number one, I never really refer to somebody as a bully. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we label somebody as that, it's it's who they believe they have to be now. They have to live up to, although it's a standard, that's what they feel they have to live up to. And so, um, by identifying them as being a bully, they feel they can't change. That's who they are and, and they can't change. So I always define it as someone who's bullying or someone using bullying behavior, because at the end of the day, that's what bullying is. It's, it's just a behavior. Um, right. mm-hmm. Behaviors can change. Behaviors can be educated. Behaviors can be taught. Um, and that goes to the point that, that David was making about it being taught, you know, and kind of like instinctual in some capacity. Um, and for sure, that, that's all there. Uh, the statement I always gave about, you know, like why someone bullies is uh, there's a million different reasons. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. they're having a bad day. Maybe they've been bullied at home. Maybe they've been bullied themselves. Maybe they're dealing with substance abuse. Maybe they're just, you know, mm-hmm. there's all these little things that, that somebody can be affected by. And, and as much as I do believe it's um, a little bit about testing that boundary to see, you know, uh, to get that result, to get that attention, to get that uh, response. Um, I think the other side of it too, is that they're seeking some form of power of position of, uh, understanding themselves. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, one of the most common questions I always get is, do you ever think that you were a bully? And the answer always for me has to be yes. Like, I think there was moments that I made somebody feel uncomfortable and made somebody feel uh, as if they were being bullied and because I was bullied. And so I would get that opportunity to make that jab and somebody, you know, would be calling me gay or calling me ugly all day. And I'd jump at the opportunity when somebody made a joke about somebody to jump in and pile on. And so it was kind of a, I kind of was created out of my environment, out of that social setting, uh, just to try to find a little bit of power, just a little bit of something to grasp onto. And, um, but the very basis of it all is, I think that, Bullying is, is a bit taut, um, it's a bit instinctual, and it's a bit of lack of empathy. I think it's a uh, mm-hmm. mixture of those three things that um, end up creating some of these individuals who use this behavior in such a negative way. And I, I do think you
0: hear uh, like the, the need for power. That's one of the reasons why in this pandemic world, where everyone is so filled with anxiety, that everyone's getting so much more angry and they're saying, this is what is, and this is what happens in this way. And, mm-hmm. and you're stupid for not knowing that. It's, it's people going, okay, I have so much uncertainty in my life. Mm-hmm. This, I could be really certain about. That mm-hmm. person is a jerk. That person is an awful person. So there, I have certainty. And yeah. that, remember, there is, there is no power. Mm-hmm. so many things are beyond our control right now
2: yeah well and i think as well a society kind of uh encourages uh, especially boys to be to be bullies what'd you um, say <laughs> <laughs> sorry <that>. daniel no <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Your>
2: turn <laughs>
3: well, i think too like, when you look at like the big picture of it all um like i know this was my generation and i think it was the generations before me too is that i have to be better than you jeff I have to mm-hmm. be better than you. Yeah. If I'm going to be successful, and if not, then I'm not going to be successful. My parents won't love me, and nobody will love me. And I'm going to die alone in a in a house with a bunch of cats and stuff. Oh no, and, <laughs> no. And so, but I like dog eat dog world. That's what we were yeah. taught to be. We were taught to eat the bigger dog. And so, I think that as the as these generations now change, and you're seeing this with youth now, although you know we are seeing the increase in cyberbullying, that physical and verbal bullying that's happening in person isn't happening anymore because kids are gaining empathy they are getting that back Mm -hmm. and they're realizing that in order for me to get ahead i need them to get ahead too i don't want to live in a society where that person's struggling and i'm mega successful and i think that that's a massive evolutionary jump that was much needed um Mm -hmm. but the unfortunate part is there's still like three generations worth of people out there who believe (laughs) i have to beat you down in yeah. order to be successful in order to be advanced. And, 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 and when I say that, like beat you down, it's, it's just bullying. That, that's what it is in, in a nutshell is, um, you know, that's, that's corporate right now. That's um, mm-hmm. the kids that were, that were using bullying behavior in high school and elementary school are now these people using bullying behavior in the workplace. And that's why we see those yeah. numbers so high. Um, so this is something I think we'll see decline as these generations you know, uh, come into the workforce, these new generations, if you will, um, these new fandangled shiny ones. Um, but at the same time, there's, there is no magic wand to make bullying go away. So it's always going to yeah. be there. It's just how we deal with it will be the different part, right? That'll be the new exciting part that people will stand up for one another, that bullying won't get to the point where somebody feels they need to take their life because somebody's going to be there for them. Somebody's going to stand up for them. They're not going to get to the point that, you know, the four of us probably probably got to at some point in our lives.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, I just I want to tag into that, and then I'll stick my thumb in my mouth or something out. Uh, but I think on that same point, Travis, another aspect of the world, which I think sets itself up for people attacking, is we really have been inundated that, and like debate clubs, point, counterpoint, Republican, Democrat, yep. and we, the, we're, we've lost shades of gray. We've lost mm-hmm. nuance, and it's either this or that. And so that puts up two opposing sides, mm-hmm. and we see that in the media. Like the, like, like, uh, I'm not. I don't think I'm saying anything new. Like when the back when gay marriage was happening or anything, they we would go. And here are some people who hate the gays. We're going to hear from them now, and it's like, well, what? Why are you legitimizing them? Why do you feel like yeah. you have a counter to that argument, mm-hmm. right? And and we, I think society also has to get over that it is black or white, or left or right, right? There's so many yeah. variants, yeah. and but I think
2: it's it's that every that we forget that people are individuals, mm-hmm. um, and that we always want to put people into categories and be like, okay, well, this is the people who like sports. So the people who like sports will be friends with the people who like sports. Um, and when someone doesn't fit into that uh, idea of what your culture is or what your lifestyle is, uh, then people think it's weird and there's something wrong with that. And they bully and they, they start puffing their chest out and alpha male, maley. Uh-huh. That's not a word. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Now, uh, uh, you know, Travis, you were mentioning about how uh, current generations, um, you know, the the youth are are learning to to gain empathy, um, different than perhaps you know our generation and previous generations have been able to. Um, I was wondering if you could speak a little bit more to to the work that uh, uh, Pink Shirt does in, in order to support uh, these youth, uh, you know, not only here in Canada but also you mentioned, uh, 15 other countries.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, uh, what is pink, uh, pink shirt day? Um, how does it encourage, uh,
3: the, you know, uh, essentially the, the anti-bullying movement? You know, I think it's just so simple that people can get behind it, that, um, there is no language barrier. It's put on a pink shirt and you support this ideal that, kids should be able to go to school and not have to worry about being affected by bullying. And I think that's why it spread so quickly as well. It was just so simple and instant, um, you know, like here in Nova Scotia, we always have our pink day at the start of the school year. It's usually the second Thursday. We just started school on Tuesday and the schools had their pink shirt day today um, just because they, they, they wanted to start the school year, right? They wanted to get it going. And I mean, we're in COVID, they're still trying to figure out classrooms when they're still worried about making sure that, you know, this conversation is had. Um, I think uh, more or less, it's a great conversation piece to, to give somebody the opportunity to share their story, um, to be able to open up and say, you know, uh, on this pink day, these are the things that I'm affected by. And here's how bullying affects me. And uh, here's why I don't like it. Uh, but at the same time, it, it reiterates the fact of how important it is that we educate people on bullying prevention, just like we educate people on all these social issues. And so I think something that was um, very smart for me to do when I was young and, and quite naive was, Um, Mm -hmm. I decided to partner with organizations that I knew would be doing this better than me. Like I knew Mm -hmm. I could handle the the load of of carrying the movement, but Mm -hmm. I didn't want to say like pink shirt day was a program and go into a school, me deliver and then leave. And then they're like, wait a second, what was the program? Uh, I want something left there. I wanted kids to get real bullying prevention education. And so all the funding that comes into pink shirt day goes to that now. And and I think that's really important that these kids are getting trained. In the best possible ways to deal with bullying prevention. And, and that started with the Canadian Red Cross with the older grades. Um, I, I worked with a program called Beyond the Hurt through them. And um, it was great peer-to-peer. Um, you know, a, a trainer goes in, trains like 15, 20 kids at a time. Um, and then they're the champions for their school. They are the bullying prevention advocates in their school. And um, when kids need to go to someone, they can go to them. And they're trained to the point where they can help them deal with that situation, both personally, help them go and get support as well. And now I'm actually with an organization called WITS, which is based out of Victoria, which has had a focus on younger people and is now uh, adapting to, 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 to kind of attract that older uh, age group as well um, and ways to help. And it really is just a boat giving these kids the tools to deal with it themselves instead of always having to, to try to run and find help for a teacher that may be already swamped or administration that swamped or, or whatever it may be. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, Thank you. Uh, that was really long winded. Sorry. <laughs> no, that was great. <laughs> yeah. appreciate that. Well, David. One, one of the things I wanted to ask
0: uh, Travis, cause you're, you're obviously much more, um, well, obviously much more versed in the pink shirt day. One of the things that always sort of banged up against me about Pink Shirt Day, and uh, very likely because of my lack of knowledge, is is I was involved uh, tendon, tangentially, is that the right word, mm-hmm. um, with uh, Theater for Living, David Diamond's company, Headline Theater, and their whole um, metho- methodology uh, of their shows. What they do is they do a short issue of a, a short play about a social issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about a 20 minute play and then they redo it and the audience can freeze it and they can replace someone in the show, but the only people they can't replace, and this is the rule of the format is the oppressor because the oppressor does not want to change because mm-hmm. the oppressor is getting what they want. They can only change the people who are being oppressed to try to find a different course of action. And that was one of the things that I always wondered about Pink Shirt Day, is, is it just saying, don't be a bully, but why would the bullies care? Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, okay, I won't, you're wearing a pink shirt. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 100%. like that's what i not understanding. Um, so,
3: so one of the main things that we really focused on as well was Pink Shirt Day being for everyone. Um, that when we would do these training groups, I would go to like one of the teachers and I'd say, okay, so who are the kids that are kind of like being affected by bullying the most? And the teacher would say like three names. I'd be like, okay, bring them to this meeting. Who are the people that are always around, like the social butterflies that are kind of friends with everybody that are watching all this stuff happening, but don't feel they can do anything. Bring those like six people. And they'd be like, okay. And then I go, now who's the one that people are scared of? Who are these people that... Uh, people don't want to be around that they know are identified as the bully and and don't necessarily want to be around them or are scared of them bring them to and is what we do is we train everybody in the effects of it we start to show everybody how this impact really affects everyone um, not just the kid that's being bullied not just the bystander but how it also affects this kid using that bullying behavior that you know i don't know if you guys have ever been fortunate enough to have one of these kids that that kind of picked on you when you were younger kind of step up and like apologize like years later, but they understand what they did. And it affects them too. So I had an incident where, you know, I'd got my, I got my ribs broken. Um, I got them kicked in. And at my graduation, one of these girls like apologized to me. And I remember just sitting there going like, yeah, but you don't really mean it though. Like that's what like my thought process. Mm-hmm. And she said, I just want you to know that you're not the only one that lost sleep over this. And I was mm-hmm. like, Man, I don't want her to suffer, but at the same time it was this like a bit of a relieving feeling to know that she had that empathy that she understood what she did was wrong and that it affected her maybe just as much and that she'll probably never ever do that again, she'll educate her kids to not do that and and for me that was the win, that was a win. Um mm-hmm. you know, and I think that wins can be small like that, but uh, you know, uh, to to the point of you know not being able to change that attitude of the or, or change the actions of of the oppressor. Uh, I think that that's where it's on us to do everything we can to make these kids realize um, mm-hmm. how harmful this can be. And I mean, it's no secret now. I mean, when I first started this, it was like, holy, if I said the word suicide in a school, you know, I'd probably get tossed out. And now mm-hmm. it's it's just part of the norm, right? That kids yeah. know that. When they push people, when they continue to use this behavior uh, you know, repeatedly, that can be the end result and that there is repercussions for that now. Now, does it stop kids from doing it? Not entirely. No, because they never think it's going to be them, right? They're still yeah. people. They still think they can drive their car 200 kilometers an hour and nothing's going to happen. Um, they're fearless. But at the same time, I think kids are now being more understanding of that issue of, Man, that person might have been called ugly like 50 times that day and up I'm 51. What if that's the time that does it? What if that's mm-hmm. the time that pushes them over the edge? And um, as far as Pink Day goes, you know, I think we've just done a really good job of trying to include those kids that have been have been using that behavior. And in fact, um, some of our, our other speakers uh, were CFL players. Um, and I think of one Dan Clark, who's a center for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. This guy's like six foot nine, like 330 pounds, like he's a monster of a human being. And he would talk about how kids just viewed him as being the bully in school, just because he was huge, just because Mm -hmm. he was this big dude. And he flipped the script, he realized that he was starting to be mean to people. And he didn't like the way it was making him feel. And he didn't like the way that people were fearful of him. So he ended up flipping the script to become like the people's champion. He like stood up for all the kids that were being affected by bullying because nobody wanted to screw with him so the second someone made fun of him he'd step and, and made fun of a student in his school he'd step in front of that kid and say that doesn't happen at our school and he became like this idol to so many kids just by doing that just by understanding that he could flip the script and and so I think that Pink day has that inspiration to do that uh, as long as the message is, is portrayed correctly that this is for everyone and we all have a we all have a role to play in it right. yeah
2: and i think as well like it's so hard um when you're at that age and trying to figure out who you are um that when like the the cfl player when you you get kind of pushed in that direction or if you know get at sports or whatever you you just kind of automatically do it because you're not sure who you are anyways and uh to the point of um bullies kind of apologizing for the way they were uh, one of my bullies did that to me Um, when, when I was in my twenties, I went back to Manitoba to visit friends and I ran into him at the, the Brandon mall and, uh, he, uh, he apologized. He was the one who, who tripped me, uh, and broke my wrist. Um, and he said, you know, he went through a lot of, uh, bullying from his father, uh, when he was younger. Um, and it was really bad not to, I don't like you know, justifying it as well, being like, oh, okay, <laughs> he went through bad things. That's why he was let him off the hook. Yeah, but it, it was a really good feeling to know that um he he was more cognizant and he grew as a person. I think that's what what made me more happy about the situation that knowing that he had grown his empathy, uh he had changed and he wasn't doing it anymore it was awesome.
1: All right. Thank you. Uh um I I have never had uh, a bully uh, reach out to me, which is okay. But um, if listeners, if you've ever had this happen to you, feel free to uh, write in to Fear of Science. But has it, does anyone else still ask an adult ever flashback to like a bully moment in your childhood and being like, oh, oh man, I wish that adult me could have been there to protect young me? I don't know. Whatever. All the time. I don't know if adult me would do it though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, adult that's me, that's adult fair. me would go. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. You know, I think, I think that is, you know, uh, uh, I think whether you know through through the great work of Pink Shirt Day or or from learning hopefully from our parents or our our teachers, our educators, you know, I I hope that. Um, you know, I continue to hope that younger generations learn about the effects of bullying. You know, and at the same time, I, I think that you know um, it's it's also not a matter of telling bully victims you know that that oh you should have stood up for yourself or mm-hmm. oh you you could have oh. changed you could have changed this and I know that's not what we're saying, but you know more I I, I think that whatever reaction that you know, unfortunately, whether it be the, the bully, the victims of bullying or even people who are, are standing by, you know, not knowing what to say, not knowing how to help, you know, I I, I have lots of empathy for them too because they, you know, uh, it's it's so hard. Bullying is just so hard and, and it's only, you know, uh, now and in the past in you know, a number of years, whether through Pink Shirt Day or other initiatives that we're starting to really learn the, the horrible effects of bullying, so. I
0: think one of the things that's been a trope in like television, especially for young people, has been this, and I, I don't watch young people's television, right, <laughs> but, you know, when I was young, it was always this thing about, you need to stand up to the bully, or bullies are really just cowards, so you just need to, and they would show this victorious thing, and uh, I went, you know, I went and said to my bully, you're just a coward. He would probably punch me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hollywood, you're not doing me any favors by telling me this narrative.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite a, a trope, um, that, that idea, especially movies in the 80s and 90s. That's yeah. what it was. Um, now I have a question for everyone. If you had a time machine uh, that you can go back in time and tell your younger self when you're being bullied really bad. One single thing. What would you tell yourself?
1: Uh, I I would I would tell my younger self, uh, invest in Apple stocks. <laughs> 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 I'm right. I mean, that's you know, uh, that's that's the. That's the tongue and peek answer, but also kind of the real answer. Yeah.
2: Um, There's a thing called Amazon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, in, Get in, in on that. <laughs> in, in all seriousness, I, I think if I could go back and tell, um, you know, I I have been to to see a counselor, I have been to see a therapist, um, for, for a number of things, and that is something that I also encourage as well. But you know, something that I learned in, in the sessions that I've been to is, you know, the whole, um, you know, you, you, you did as best, you did as best as you could in the moment. So Mm -hmm. I would go back and tell my younger self, look, you are doing the best you can. And I'm very sorry that this is happening. And, you know, um, and know that in 20 years, you will be, you know, uh, you'll be in a, happier place with wonderful people that do care about you and because this is a time travel movie i can't tell you anything further that will affect the timeline but you know but but just know that you know you are doing the best you can and for that i'm grateful and i'm very sorry that this is happening to you that's what i would say
0: mm-hmm. yeah
2: it's been really interesting i
1: been trying to think about what i
0: would say and it's just making me cry I'm very hungry. I haven't eaten today. So uh, (laughs) my my defenses are down a little bit more. Sure. Uh, um, I kind of like what you said, Dan. going, you're doing your best. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I don't know. You know, I don't know if I could say anything that would be, you know, just, uh, I guess, just keep on keeping on. Right? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I don't know.
3: Thank you. I, I think I still feel
2: everything (laughs) yeah yeah
3: i think i would go with the um just never change who you are to try to fit that image of what these people want you to be and this kind of goes to um you know jeff you know uh, what you were saying about your arm and stuff like that and uh, these memories like do we have that like flashback and i think it's back to that initial point i made right at the beginning of this thing about it's the things that we can't change that affect us the most uh, when it comes mm-hmm. to bullying. So if somebody said, you know, um, Jeff, that hat is dumb, right? You're going to feel attacked. <laughs> you're going to support your <laughs> right? It's not It's dapper as hell, but you're, oh, you're okay. going to feel attacked, right? <laughs> and But you can go, you can make that decision of, okay, I'm going to take that hat off and I don't want to wear this yeah. anymore. And maybe that'll get rid of that attention. But Like, you know, I think something like me, like I had a mole right in the middle of my forehead and uh, my nickname became Paki, which is like racist as hell. And I didn't know at the time I'm very rural community in Nova Scotia. You know, we had like one international student that came from like Italy every year and uh, we had like one African Canadian kid in our school and I didn't really know the full connotation of it at the time. But all I knew was they kept calling me this and I hated it. And I hated it so much that I'd come home and I'd cry to my mom and I'd be like, I hate it. I hate that they do this. And so without my mom even knowing, I went to my doctor and I said, I want this thing removed. Like I want it gone. And she Mm -hmm. was like, Travis, I can't do that. It costs money. And so on. It's cosmetic. And I was like, this is why I want it gone doctor. And as soon as I did it, she started tearing up and she's like, I'll take it out for you next week. And every time, like, although it's small, like when I, it's kind of like Harry Potter ish, but when I like look in the mirror, like when I'm getting ready every day to like do this, I see that. And it reminds mm-hmm. me of why I do this, right? That there is a yeah. kid there that wants to change who they are. So for death, maybe it's looking at that arm and going like, man, my arm's a little bit arthritic right now. Oh, that's because some kid <laughs> broke my arm when I was a kid. And we have a yeah. flashback. We have that that moment of we can't change that. Um, and this is what I mostly get from the LGBT community as well, the, LGBT, the LGBTQ plus community now as well that um, – you know, they, they were made to feel like it's their fault. um, And that the bullying was warranted, Um, but it's who they are. And they, they can't change that. They can't up and not be who they are. And um, for so many years, I think, and and David would be able to speak to this, I'm sure better than me, that people hid who they were. They hid who they really were. And um, only now are we really seeing who these, these people are. And, and I think that that's so motivating and so powerful. Um, But again, it's just another way that it's, when it is our soul, when it is who we are and things we cannot change, it just affects us so much. So I'd go back and kick little me in the butt and just say, listen, you're going to be all right. Don't change who you are. You're, you're good enough the way you are. Um, and there's going to be people that love you and there's going to be people that care about you. And you're going to make it, just like Daniel said. You're, you're going to make it. And um, it's just on you to try to hold on to who you are the best you can to get through it so that when you are through it, you are still who you are. Um, and you have a mm-hmm. side of that. Um, and I'm very fortunate, I think, that um, I had enough uh, support around me with my family to when I did come out the other side of this, I still remembered who I was. I still remembered who Travis was. And although I would change myself to fit that image of these kids, as soon as I came home, I went back to being who I was and the giddy sports nerdy kind of guy that, um, that 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 I enjoyed, that I enjoyed hanging out with, you know?
2: Yeah, it's very true. and um when when i was younger i remember so i when i graduated high school i moved to british columbia the day after graduation and i remember leaving manitoba and being like that jeff is dead now i can now go on and create a new version of myself that people will actually like Mm -hmm. because i thought that people didn't like who i was um so i spent oh, seven years of a marriage, um, trying to pretend like I was somebody else uh, that ended up crashing and burning really bad. Um, And uh, I luckily went and did a lot of counseling um, that ended up helping me realize I call it, I was wearing my masks, I was wearing masks, pretending to be other people be like, Oh, that person likes the Canucks. I'll pretend to like the Canucks. Why not? Because that's what everyone else likes. So I just want to be like everyone else. Yes, right. um, but yeah, it it was a very long-lasting uh, problem that I had. Mm-hmm. But my my advice to myself when I when I was younger would be the same advice that a teacher gave me when I was at like my darkest uh, was that things will get better, mm-hmm. and and just that simple that. You know, it it sucks right now. And it's kind of a mantra I carry on in the rest of my life that even when things are bad, that that things can turn around. And I think that's a really important message. I
0: think I think it's also important to tell people to be realistic. Like not everyone's going to like you and that's okay. Yeah. Right? Don't feel that you're a failure mm-hmm. because that person doesn't like you, right? Or like That's the reality. You're gonna get some things and you're gonna lose some things and some things are gonna happen. And sometimes things happen for no reason. And that's also life, right? Like I think, again, narratives of storytelling and again, TV is where we're we're taught that, or if you're brought up in a religious area, if you are, are devout and do well, then good things will happen to you. And then when suddenly someone gets hit by a car or gets cancer, we're like, what? But they were so good. We were following the rules, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. I think also being realistic about, you know, um, one thing we haven't really talked about that sort of dovetails off this, um, I talked about it on my podcast, <laughs> is, uh, is you also have people who are like sociopaths, mm-hmm. or psychopaths. Yeah. And so if you're following the rules of normal social behavior and trying to negotiate with them, they're not negotiating in good faith because they've got, like, look at Donald Trump, right? He doesn't hear anything, right? So trying to have an intelligent debate with him or a conversation with them, it's not going to get in there. So there's also recognizing that, that there are some people who, who be cray.
2: You don't think that Donald Trump's going to just apologize to everyone eventually?
1: What? No. <laughs> now, uh, it, now, you know, to, to that point, you know, uh, uh, Travis, you know, on, on your website, which is a uh, pink shirt dot pink Dot CA. Uh-huh. Um, you know, uh, I was wondering if you can share a little bit with us about the resources um, that are on uh, pink shirt day that can help, you know, uh, uh, you know, youth parents and teachers you know uh, maybe even people who are recognizing in themselves you know uh, these bullying tendencies these bullying behaviors Uh, what sort of support is there uh, to help educate people through pink shirt day
3: yeah you know so it's just something that um when i first got going with this i found that it was kind of competitive um ironically like there were people that were bullying me um and so instead of trying to take like this more combative route um, I tried to just collaborate with everyone. Um, there were tons of people doing great work and uh, I felt like that just needed to be to be shared. So I knew what Pink Day did really strong and that was we were able to create this movement to, to motivate people to stand up. Um, but then there was also amazing people like the people at Kids Helpful um, that are there all the time when we need them, 24 um, seven to be able to help kids. And so we pulled their, res- their resources onto there. Um, a group called PrevNet um, out of, out of uh, Ontario, they are like the bullying research people. Like they, any, pretty much any stat that we've seen come out of Canada regarding bullying prevention has been through them. Um, the way I talk about bullying, being bullying prevention and the bullying behavior and all that stuff all comes from them. And, and they just have amazing tip sheets for parents, for kids, um, you know, and they're so specific to, to some issues as well. Um, it's just fantastic, uh, re- re- like reading material um, to give you a bit of an edge on, on how to deal with this stuff as a, as a parent, because um, that obviously can be quite uh, challenging waters to navigate. But then as youth, too, that are just curious about a way to to maybe help themselves and and to deal with some of these issues, all those sheets are there that just kind of give you some tips. And when you exhaust those tips, there's other tips, like there's other ways to reach out and, and seek that help. And um, I think it just speaks to the volume of... Um, how, how how many people are again affected by this issue and how many people are willing to want to help you that right now there's so much help accessible that we can call we can text we can email we can do all these things to try to seek help um and if if we're one of those people that just likes to go on and and read things for ourselves and try to gain a better understanding then pink shirt day has all those resources kind of clumped together uh, from all these different uh, amazing organizations across canada
2: and um, that's what i'm i'm excited about for the next generation as well is that there are a lot of resources i remember when when i was being bullied we had we had an awesome guidance counselor that i could go to but she was overworked and it was one person for an entire school um and she could only do so much so it's amazing that this generation is going to grow up with such awesome resources
0: like that Yeah, for sure Uh, is there resources on how to recognize the signs like I, I recently listened to the, the, I'm showing you, you can't see it, um, uh, the, the huge book by Robert Greene called The Laws of Human Nature. Mm. And he breaks down different things and, and that's where I've become much more cognizant of, of, of people who are sociopaths and stuff. Because he could say, there's some people who get it in their head that you have something that they want and they will reframe the world so that you are the villain. And pretty much he says in this book, there's nothing you can do to stop them. Cause if you try to confront them and say, this is how, you know what I mean? Like, is there ways to recognize that this is a dead end street? You, you cannot right. change this person or, or do you believe we any, like, I think I could change my behavior, mm-hmm. with that person, but I don't know if I could change that.
3: You know, that's a tough one, Dave. That's something I've never really been questioned before. Um, you know, I'll say this. I don't want to give up on a kid that early, I guess.
0: Right.
3: Um, you know, as 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 much as there's some kids out there that have done some pretty, um, you know, unfortunate things um, mm-hmm. in our world, uh, I just, I don't know. I'm not ready to give up on them yet. Because I think if that's the case, then it's the same argument that I think that people should have gave up on me. Um, right. Because I was a kid that... Uh, was failing in school because of the things that were happening to me. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to uh, be in those places. If those teachers had a given up on me, if my parents had a given up on me, then where would I be right now? I guess. Um, so I think it's just the same thing from the other side. I often try to look at it from both sides of, of the coin. Um, so I'll just say I'm not ready to quite give up on that kid yet, but I do understand the point for sure that there are people out there that, that probably won't change. Um, no matter how much, no matter how many resources we throw at these individuals, um, be it restorative justice, uh, whatever it may be, um, there's still going to be some kids that that we that we can't save, that we that we can't make a difference for. And I think that that is just part of of our world. Um, I know that a lot of people think that I measure my success um, in like life and death. So if there's like a suicide in Canada, I've like failed. Um, and i don't view it like that because i understand there's just going to be some people that we can't reach we can't get to the resources won't be available something right now which um, in today's day and age is easier uh, much easier to get resources to but there's always unfortunately going to be somebody that falls through the crack i guess um, mm-hmm. on both sides be it they're being bullied or they are doing doing this bullying and um I, I think i think we all have limitations i think we try to make a biggest difference that we can but Unfortunately, some people are just on a really bad path in life. And um, all we can do is try to offer them the support and hope that it works. And if not, um, prepare for the next stages of of that support. What does that support look like? Is it, um, you know, further education in a juvenile detention center? Um, is it mentorship? Is it big brothers, big sisters? What what can kind of come into play next to try to steer this person down a different path uh, if that path is available mm-hmm. to them?
0: It it feels like it's a it's a cousin. This is an issue that's a cousin to like even dealing with neurodiverse people, Mm -hmm. right? Neurodiversity, where people have Aspergers or or or, um, autism and stuff, so that you you have to approach it in a slightly different way Mm -hmm. because you're dealing with someone who's got this. So I would guess. I'm certainly not equating sociopaths with people with Asperger's, but they do seem to be like, okay, there's an extra bonus thing going on here with you that is not just your social conditioning, mm-hmm. possibly. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I guess reading Mary Trump's book, we can find out, was Donald Trump possibly a good person and oh, through well, that environment became a bad
3: person? So That's my question.
2: Now. Who gave up on Donald Trump? Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's just, you know, I think there's places, um, like, you know, I think of, uh, there's a place in Saskatchewan uh, outside Regina called The Ranch. um, And it's for kids that have faced um, justice issues, like, uh, have been in the justice system. And this is kind of a second chance for them. This is an Mm. opportunity for them to kind of change. And they go to a place where people are very real with them. And it's not the whole, you know, idea of, like, scared straight or nothing like that. It's just... It's educating them on the path they're on. It it really just shows them. It doesn't hold anything back. So I think the ideal is more so that if these kids are mature enough to make these bad decisions, they're mature enough to handle what the repercussions of them are. Mm -hmm. And so these people just list them out for you and say, this is what your life's going to look like. It's bleak. It's not enjoyable. There's no part of this that you're going to like. So if you want to keep going down this path, here's what you continue to do. If you don't, we're here to help you. We're going to work with you as long and as much as you need to get you back on that path to, to being a contributing human being, to being a civilian. And, and I think that when given that opportunity and when laid out like that, I do believe that kids take that opportunity and, and they do run with it. And I've seen that on First Nation communities. I've seen that in, in places like the ranch. Um, I'll just always throw it back to education. We just It really is all about education and educating these kids on, on what they're doing and, and hope that we can educate them to the point where they make good decisions and, and we don't lose them we don't lose
0: them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, uh, just to say something really quick, I, I was involved with a program uh, several years ago. that was through McGill University and Arts Umbrella, which was about uh, taking kids who had been earmarked by their teachers. They were in the nine to, tw- was, yeah. I think, I think nine was the youngest. And it was like, for la- lack of, kind language. These are going to be criminals. <laughs> These okay. are They're on the path to criminality. Yep. And we, we, we want to try to do something. And so the whole experiment was to use theater skills okay. to teach them socialization. Mm-hmm. Teach them, like, this is the role you're playing, and this is what you're doing, to see if it could change their behavior so that they could learn to go from being antisocial to being social. Now, not all of them made it through the program. Yep. Some of them went, this is bullshit, and they stormed off but it was amazing to see what they did. And when we did our final presentation, also then where they were going out into the world. Cause like some parents didn't come to see their final presentation. Mm-hmm. One of the girls was, Oh no, and my dad stole my radio that I got for my birthday. Uh, he says, he's going to buy me another one. And I'm like, oh, "Like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> now that's so
2: hard with environment work. sometimes too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I think about
3: PrevNet. Uh, sorry, Daniel, just to jump in there quickly. Yeah, okay. But, um, you know, a PrevNet that that group I was talking about there, they had like a stat, and I, I, I'll say it loosely, but I, I'm pretty sure it was one in three kids that use bullying um as a behavior regularly actually end up being criminals and so when i see these stats i try to like put them into my own world um to be like okay is there any merit to that or is that like a you know just like a research number that people are gonna be like "Eh, okay whatever it's a research number and i'll use it and i started thinking back to the kids that that picked on me and like there's three of them that have passed away due to drug use and or uh negligence when driving uh there's other ones that uh are in jail um one including for murder And I'm kind of like looking at this and going, yeah, like this, stat makes sense. Like these are these kids that that never got the opportunity to see a different path. And that was due to lack of resources, right? And um, uh, lack of resources is something I talk about quite frequently, definitely in the city to rural areas in Canada. Um, And the example I always used was, um, in Ontario, in a rural area, there was a kid that was singing Lady Gaga on YouTube on YouTube and was quite popular and was getting like all these hits. And Lady Gaga sent him a shout out, but people bullied him for being gay um, and singing Lady Gaga. And he unfortunately killed himself. And this was in rural Ontario. But in, in Markham, in in a in like you know in the city of Toronto. Um, there was a kid that was putting on a show play with his school, was singing Lady Gaga, got Lady Gaga to send a video. And this kid was praised as like a hero at his school. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he had the exact same lifestyle. He was, you know, the exact same person, just in different areas. So why did one get praised and the other feel that he had no other option but to, but to take his life? And it's just about getting those resources out to rural, rural areas as well. Um, so that yeah. kids have that uh, no matter where they are. And so I think often to the fact of, you know, yes, there's a problem with inner city schools to, to make sure they have the resources. Absolutely. But there's also this group of rural Canadian kids and Canada's, you know, a lot of rural, um, I've seen most of it, uh, um, that they need the resources too. They need that support as well. Um, we, mm-hmm. can't, we can't afford to lose those kids either because they can be doctors and they can be lawyers and they can be advocates, right? They can be people mm-hmm. like me and you. Wow
1: thank you. Uh, thank you, David. Thank you, Travis. Uh, you know, and, and I love, I love that statement, you know, we can't afford to lose these kids and, you know, uh, to build upon that, I think it's also, you know, we can't afford to lose, um, our, our adults, our friends, our families who, you know, cause adult bullying is, is absolutely a thing as well. And it's, um, you know, uh, uh, I think that, you know, if we can speak to the children and, and you know, hopefully provide them with those tools, then hopefully hopefully one day we won't, you know, have bullying in the workplace or we won't have bullying, um, you know, uh, in, in the home, in the family.
0: And, and I think, though, with that, that, that people will have the resources to be able to withstand or, or, or withstand that bullying. Cause yeah, I think, yes. I think it's too high in the sky to say, and now there's no bullying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? yeah, It's more about building up people's self-esteem, yeah. building up their own resources to say, look, there are going to be some people out there who are going to be a-holes. <laughs> and that doesn't define you. What they say about you doesn't define you. And yeah. you don't have to take it. You don't have to kill yourself because of it. Right. Right absolutely
1: uh so uh uh to uh, as we head towards the end of this powerful episode and again jeff this is one of those ones where i'm like wow we could do 3 parts oh, and
2: this could be like three hours
1: long easily
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, you know uh speaking of those things you know uh, uh to build upon what you asked us earlier jeff um you know uh I, I was wondering if each of us could take a moment and and look and if if your younger self could travel forward in the future and see where you are now, um, what is one thing that you would, that your younger self would see in your adult self that would make them go, yeah, you know, I did, I, I made it through. Okay. Um,
2: That's an interesting question. Um, My, I've actually thought about this before. Um, And I think if my younger self came into the future, as depressing as it sounds, I don't think I would believe it. I don't think that I would believe that I could be as happy and as successful and love my life as much as I do right now when I was in the thick of it as a kid. So I just think that I would run away.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is beautiful. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. uh, Well, thank you, Jeff. Uh, Well, you know, as they say, seeing is believing. And so hopefully, you know, hopefully in some way, even as they run away, they're like, maybe, maybe.
2: Yeah. I think it would create too many ripples, too. That would affect (laughs) the (laughs) time-space continuum. It would be an
0: issue. The (laughs) Apple Tower suddenly disappears or something.
1: (laughs) I I, I think somewhat, somewhat of yours, Jeff, I think. My younger self, my younger self did come into the future um, and see me and see where I am. Uh, It would, I would, my younger self would see that I, that I have been able to find a circle of supportive friends, colleagues, acquaintances. He would see that it's not perfect, but, you know, um, but that the tools that he has learned whether from you know uh, uh, websites and resources like Pink Shirt Day, or from talking to a counselor, you know, um, as David says, you know, learning those tools have been able to help him survive to where he is now, and he's doing all right. So, yeah. Um, yeah what, would... What, would, what, would, what would your child say, Travis?
3: <laughs>
1: um,
3: he, he, you know, yeah, I. I'm kind of with Jeff, I think I'd kind of run a little bit. But um, I think, you know, he just see that resilience, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there's more scars, maybe there's more bruises, but we're still standing. Like, we're still here on our two feet. And um, I think that for me, you know, having lived this life now, um, going from that bullied kid to going off to university and kind of uh, becoming someone, um, with this movement and finding myself through it, um, to overcoming the hurdles of the critics that, uh, you know, are involved with starting something like this to, you know, 10 years down the road again, to see that I'm still here, that I'm still standing that as, uh, there's always people that I think are going to, as David has, you know, contested to multiple times, there's, there's always going to be <laughs> people that are trying to, that are going to be trying to, to beat you down. To, to make you believe that, you know, you, you don't deserve to be here or that you shouldn't be here. And um, I think that if I was to jump forward in 10 years and I think if I just seen myself still standing there, I'd just I'd be happy with that. Um, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean I progressed or declined or anything like that. I'm just still there. And and I think that for for myself and for a lot of people, I think that's um, that's a good enough fight. That's a good enough battle because it, it's it's hard to battle and it's, mm-hmm. it's tiring. And if you're still standing, then. Hey, you, you've, you've done more, um, you've done more like you, you, you've oh. been able to stand. And I think that that's really powerful. Well said. Thank
0: you. And that's for me, cause I'm, I'm older than all you guys. <laughs> I, 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 cause so I'm, I'm, where I am in my life is I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot more looking backwards now. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think to be honest and I, my younger self was, uh, runaway uh this is where you live oh my god <laughs> uh, uh, but then that i think yeah they would go wow you've done a lot of really interesting and cool things you have some blank spots still that need to be filled but you know i don't know it looks like you're doing a lot of things so right thank you've you made, made some people happy <laughs>
1: yeah Thank you, everyone. Uh, a very introspective uh, way to end an episode. Uh, <laughs> I feel so naked. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I think, you know, as well as this conversation, you know, I think, you know, um, I, I think that, you know, the topic of bullying is one that is absolutely important. And I'm very glad that they're. You know, that we've had a chance to talk about it today. Um, I'm glad that, you know, Pink Shirt Day is, is helping make a difference in these countries and communities, you know, and I, and I think that that's one thing that, you know, that uh, we all want to encourage is to keep that dialogue conversation going. Um, so if you are listening to this episode, uh, you know, uh, please, you know, uh, if you or someone needs to, and needs help, you know, please contact, reach out to someone. There are resources out there for people who do need help, I- I- including yourself. So uh, please, please do. And uh, we, we hope that, you know, uh, uh, everyone, especially during these very troubling times, um, can, can learn that empathy and to feel that empathy and hopefully uh, have those people around them that can help support them.
2: Yeah. yeah. I feel like this episode should be like uh, shows in the nineties when they talked about suicide. And at the end, the suicide prevention hotline number comes up just, just like, make sure you get those resources. Make sure yeah. you,
1: if you need help, get help.
0: If you are someone, you know, <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, uh, especially, you know, here in Canada, the crisis service, Canada phone number, it is available 24 hours for phone calls, uh, and available from 4 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern time for text messages. Languages English and French. Uh, if you need it, it's one eight three three four five six four five six six. There's uh, uh, ones, uh, of course, in different countries as well. So definitely reach out. Phew, we got the number in, Jeff. There we go now uh for for more information about the the great work that uh, that you are doing uh, David C Jones and and uh, you and Pinkshirt, they are doing uh, where can our listeners learn more about you let's start off with David C Jones oh dear um, all my all my web
0: stuff is under construction <laughs> I, I you know because I ran. I ran for political office, and so everything got turned into that. And now right. I'm turning it into going. Okay, well now what else will I do? So uh, you can go to davidcjones.ca and you'll see website under construction. You can also go to dcjproductions.ca website under construction. <laughs> <laughs> do that and, and check back every week. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I always just say, Google me. You'll find so much stuff about me. And one of them will bound to have my email or phone number. Wonderful. Okay.
1: Thank you, David, for being
0: Travis here. Travis has got much more, he got it got much more together.
3: <laughs> Technically, we have two websites pinkday.ca, we'll definitely say under construction. Um, pinkday.ca, though, load it with tons of resources. Um, great place to find, uh, so find some help. Um, and then me personally, uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at the pink deal and Facebook's just my name. And you guessed it, it's a picture of me in a pink shirt. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm, always, uh, I'm always willing to, to hear people out and listen to people's stories. And um, I can't always respond right away because I do get a lot of these messages. Um, but I, I do always try to get to every one of them um, at some point and and uh I think it's really powerful to hear people's stories and and what they've gone through. So I want to thank you guys as well for allowing me to, to share a little bit more about me on, on your platform. And, uh, and of course, for you guys, for sharing your experiences with your audience and um, bringing again this, this issue that's so important that affects so many of us. It's just another opportunity to have a conversation about it. Mm -hmm. And that's what people need. That's what people really need. So thank you for doing this and and thanks for having me on here.
2: Yeah. Yeah, And thank you for both of you for being on such a great episode.
1: Yeah. Uh, and for our listeners who are interested in learning more about the fear of science they can find us we are on instagram facebook and twitter at
2: science fears uh and yeah our website is uh thefearofscience.com
1: perfect uh, uh as always we we thank you again for listening uh we thank you for keeping the conversation going and most of all we thank you for taking care of each other because uh each other is what we've got. So be good. Be well. What What is it that, that they say at the end of Bill or in Bill and Ted? Be excellent to each other. Be excellent to each other. Be excellent <laughs> to each other. Um, Keanu, if you're listening, please come on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you.